We emailed back and forth for like a solid month before we finally met, even though we lived 20 minutes away from each other. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that far. And so there was a lot of, you know, swiping left, swiping right, seeing who's out there. But then we proceeded to spend every single day for the next like six straight months hanging out. Like, you want to hang out tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll be hanging out. <laughs> Hello and Happy New Year, Vermont Untapped listeners. Welcome to Season 2 of the Vermont Folklife Center's podcast, where we explore the state through the voices of its own residents. I'm so happy to be bringing you new stories from the VFC archive and our ongoing research and fieldwork. Stories that bring you into the everyday lives of people across Vermont. I say Happy New Year because this is our first episode of 2020. But don't worry, I do realize it's already February. And since it is February, that means Valentine's Day is nearly upon us. Each year for Valentine's Day, we take a little detour from our regular work of presenting long-form, in-depth interviews focused on life and culture in Vermont. Instead, we sit down with friends and neighbors who are in love and ask one simple, delightful question. How did you meet? We've come to refer to these stories as meet-cutes, defined in the Oxford English Dictionary as the conditions under which two potential partners meet. The Wikipedia entry for Meet Cute places the etymology of the term in the context of film and television, where screenwriters churn out grist for the rom-com and Hallmark Channel mills. But ours are real-life stories, from real-life Vermonters. And by gosh, we think they're as cute as the bonbons in your Valentine's chocolate box. So, get ready for the 2020 Vermont Untapped Meet Cutes. Local listeners know that Vermont got hit with a record-breaking snowstorm last Friday. Luckily, I had lined up a string of interviews in Burlington this year, and I was able to get to all of them on foot, though I really should have worn snowshoes. A note for this first story. You'll notice a little bit of background noise throughout, which was coming from the fireplace in Abby and Eli's living room. This might have been the coziest interview I've ever done. To boot, there was also a fuzzy, adorable dog who you'll also hear on the recording, munching on some kindling. Okay, gather round the fire. I'm Abby Holden. My name is Eli Atticus Jagger. And yeah, I mean, a little introduction. From Burlington, Vermont. And I work here and live here still. I grew up in Massachusetts, moved here in 2011 and have been here kind of ever since. Awesome. Okay, so how did you guys meet Abby? So I worked at Maglianero Cafe, rip, miss that place, uh, which was a cafe um, on the bottom of Maple Street in Burlington. Um, I'd been working there for a year and a half, maybe two years. Because you were downstairs when we, too. Right, when we met. Um, Eli's parents were technically my bosses, so that's true. definitely a factor. Because <laughs> my mom was actually the one who kept saying that Abby was her favorite barista and mentioning that yeah, several it was, times. It was in the room. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, the I mean, I'd seen him around just, like, walking around the building, um, knew who he was, but hadn't really had too many interactions. 
my mom kept talking about how cute Abby was. And I was like, yeah, Abby is pretty cute. I'll, I'll, I'll ask her on a date. But like, if it's not cool and I don't feel like hanging out with this person, I'm not going to like go out of my way about it. And then, I, you know, I asked her how we can get into that. But then we proceeded to spend every single day for the next, like, six straight months hanging out. I was like, you want to hang out tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll be hanging out. <laughs> like, which, which was funny because I definitely remember having that thought of, like, I'm, I'm just going to spend as much time as I want. And, and I guess the, that amount of time, the amount of time I want, every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that oh. worked out. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't even remember how I did it because I asked you out. I was like, I got yeah. your phone number in some silly oh, way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Um, the, the story as I remember it is you were driving by the cafe. You noticed that I was working. <laughs> alone. Alone. Which he'd, is creepy. And he'd, like, wanted to ask me out but, like, wasn't sure a good time. It was, like, a weekend morning. I was working alone before, like, the mid-shift came in. And he noticed through the the mag window that I was working um, and drove by and then turned around, changed his mind and decided to turn around and come back and, and come inside and get a coffee and talk to me. Um, so he ordered a pour over, um, which is a great, smart move come because on. it is an opportunity for us to like talk alone for five minutes while I'm making his coffee. I would use that for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> and we started talking about music, I think. And how it went is you, you were like, let me give you my number so you, so I can share things with you, which was like, doesn't work out because if he gives me mine, if he, if he gives me his number, he doesn't have my number unless I share it with him. So it was like, oh, okay. You just want to give me your number. Not for any like actual practical reason other than going on a date. From kind of first encounter to getting to know each other, was there, is there a moment that, that you would share that was like sort of the, the defining the relationship <laughs> moment? There's a few. Story. I know the sad one that comes to mind, um, which before we started dating, I had been building this van to go travel around the country and, and I decided to continue to do that, um, and sort of keep the relationship going via phone and Skype and whatnot. And, uh, sucks. Not recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> and I was living in Oakland for a little while and um, with my dog. And my dog ended up dying in Oakland under unfortunate circumstances. And Abby flew out to drive back across the country with me in this like very challenging it's like, could time. I imagine Eli driving across the country alone with the ashes of his dog yeah. on his dashboard. Yeah. I was, and, it was like the last thing I wanted. And obviously we're giving this interview with another dog who I'm like, I'm totally obsessed with my, my <laughs> dog. So it was, it was really challenging. And her flying out was like definitely a pivotal moment of, you know, that was a very important moment. So yeah. that'd be the one that I think of. Initially. Yeah, no, I, I, that's probably it. Cause it was like, Oh, you know, are we going to stay together or am I going to live in Oakland and do this or like whatever? And at the time I was like considering moving to New Mexico and living with my cousin and like, you know, maybe yeah. we'd, we'd, we'd meet on, on the West coast somewhere, but it wasn't like necessarily part of the plan. But then that happened. And like three months later we moved to Seattle together yeah. and lived there for two years, which was like a kind of at that, when we made that decision, it was like a no brainer kind of to stay together and keep living together. 
<laughs> well, Abby's mom was making fun of me because our life has become so normal because we were living in a van, living in this big art community glass house in Seattle and like a you know, glass blower's house with a bunch of people and we're all sort of political and funny and now we're engaged and live in a house in Burlington next to a park. A house we bought. <laughs> house, you know. Yeah. Yes, we We have a mortgage yeah. now. Yes, we And pay. we got engaged two weeks after we moved in. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's not a jab. Obviously. No, no, just but, so, yeah, pretty, you know, we're old now. <laughs> we're adults now. We're all adults. We've aged 10 years. But, no, that's no, not really true. That's not true. But, but, yeah, that's, you know, we just live in a lovely house with this tiny gray dog and... We want to keep hanging out forever. Yeah, just keep hanging out. Laura, Jess, their cat, and their two turtles gave me a warm welcome when I came by to chat. When I do an interview in a new place, it usually takes me a little time to find a quiet spot. But Jess and Laura have recorded a whole album right in their living room, so they knew just where we should set up. Um, I'm Laura Hale. Uh, I have spent the last 20 years in Burlington. Um, 12 of them with my lovely wife. I am Jessica Pierce LaRose. Um, I have lived in Burlington my whole life. How did you meet? Seven Days Personals. Oh my God, we totally met online. Totally <laughs> online. It was the Seven Days Personals, and she messaged me. I messaged you in like July. You messaged me in like July, and it was like September. October. October, <laughs> when I replied. My life was a little bit messy right then. I was doing, like, palliative care for a friend of mine, and that was, like, taking, and that was just a mess. Oh, really? Because being recently divorced, my life was totally fine. <laughs> Not even remotely a mess. <laughs> um, but my roommate was, like, saw the message and then saw her profile and was like, if you don't respond, I'm going to. <laughs> so finally i was like all right all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and we geeked out about coffee and i tried to impress you with like nerdy stuff oh my gosh you totally did we emailed back and forth for like a solid month before we finally met even though we lived 20 minutes away from each other yeah yeah it wasn't that far um but you had gotten in the habit of emailing me pretty much just what happened in your day yeah every day and I was so struck by how kind so much of it was. You So if I remember this, you correct me. Um, I remember we had dinner or coffee or something before I had chorus rehearsal. Yes. And I was so excited. I was like, this is it. This is the moment. We like confess our feelings in person. So we were leaving so I could go to chorus rehearsal. Yes. And you just said, okay, goodbye. And I was like, What? And then, what just happened? Yeah. And then after chorus, you came up and you were like, hey, and oh, kiss me. I was so smooth. Just to take credit for this. She was smooth. Yeah, I was smooth. I called you to see if you were home and you were. And it came up to your apartment. She used to live above Radio Bean. Came and I knocked on the door. And I remember I walked in and you were sitting on a stool, I think playing guitar. Probably. And I said, hey, I just came by to give you something and you put the guitar down and I said it's a kiss good night 
And then I leaned in and I kissed you. And that's the smoothest I have ever been. Right? High five. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> high five, not high forehead. Sorry. Um, and I think we've just been together ever since. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And that was 12 and a half years ago. Oh, my God. Has it been that long? We're old. We old. Yeah. I mean, we that was like 28, 29 and we're 40 and 41 now, so Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Well, we have our 10th wedding anniversary coming up in a few weeks, and we're having a vow renewal. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. Especially for me being trans, like being able to be the bride I was always supposed to be. You had mutton chops. and I had mutton chops <laughs> and a goatee. <laughs> I looked like Wolverine or Hellboy or something. <laughs> A suit that didn't fit me from Salvation Army. Yep. (laughs) And I had a dress from Target that totally didn't fit. And I was wearing a head, like a headband that my 12-year-old mentee had made me. Um, Oh, I forgot about that. I know. Do you remember? And we just rented out what used to be Magnolia for the evening and had all of our friends and family there. And it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And it was so low-key for a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But now you get to be a bride. Now I get to be a bride. You're going to wear a pretty dress. Yes. And this time I'm wearing the suit. Yep. Although I hate to say this, mine's going to fit. Yeah. No, I know. (laughs) This last meet cute is simple and sweet. And honestly, if I were a movie director, it might end up on the cutting room floor. Unlike your generic rom-com plot, all attempts to confuse or thwart romance all the drama and near misses, the stuff that sells at the box office, it just never quite happened to Paul and Lara. Their meet-cute quietly and easily defies drama and glides to a comfortable conclusion. And honestly, isn't this what we all actually hope for? So good thing I'm not a movie director, because then you'd miss out on this heartwarming, slice-of-life, modern-day romance story. Um, I'm Paul. I grew up in Montreal and north of Montreal. I moved to Vermont almost 17 years ago. Um, I told people that I couldn't take the cold winters, so I came down to a warm place like Vermont. I'm Lara. I'm originally from West Virginia and have sort of been navigating northeast and have been in Vermont for about three and a half years now, and I love it. How did you meet? You know, meeting online is its own thing, and you're almost putting together a resume. Um and both of you are applying for a job, except your job is to meet one another, and you're trying to put just enough information together in five or six pictures and two sentences to be interesting enough for the other person to want to start a conversation. And that's kind of where we started. And we had this conversation, and we met online, and we talked, and we set up a plan to have a first date we knew that we were both had plans for the weekend, so we had a Sunday night date planned. And um, my plans were to join some of my best friends in Vermont uh, for a weekend up in Crassbury. Uh, it was three couples, one toddler, and two single people all renting a house together. So on uh, the Friday night, we're in the house, and of course the conversation turned to the two of us who were single. 
And they said, <laughs> oh, well, tell us about dating in 2018, I guess it was at the time. And we, uh, so we opened up the apps that we were on, and um, there was a lot of intrigue. <laughs> you know, there was sort of three sets of conversations that were happening around each of our profiles. One was, what, you know, what's in your profile? And in my case, wow, that's a terrible profile. <laughs> <laughs> Two, um, who are all the interesting people out there? And so there was a lot of, you know, swiping left, swiping right, seeing who's out there. And then three, at least in my case, was, oh, who's this woman you've been talking with? So those were sort of the three categories. And in, and for me, they were like, well, you know, it seems like you got a date set up with this person. That's probably not going to work out for you. So we're going to work <laughs> on um, improving your profile because you have just totally missed the boat on how to do this. We need to change all the pictures. You sound really boring in here. We got to really like put together the good parts of you. And so they did change your photos all that weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all my photos changed over the weekend. All the text was replaced. Um, and it was like, this is going to be Paul 2.0 online. Uh, in the meantime, I think sometime later that night or the next morning, I um, was communicating a little bit with, with Lara. And I said, uh, so my friends and I are at Crassberry. And I think you said, oh, yeah, we decided we're going to go cross-country skiing. We might be at Crassberry, too. And I said, cool, I'll be in a red jacket. And then I didn't hear back from her <laughs> at all the rest of the day. Um, for those who've been up to the Northeast Kingdom, cell service, not that strong. But didn't think about that at the time. I was just thinking, oh, I guess I just put that out there and I don't know what's going to happen from here. Yeah, I didn't get the messages. And then we were up, I was with two of my girlfriends and we were in Grassberry skiing. And I thought I saw you based on your photos and you were with a, a young boy who was maybe two at the time. And I, I thought, I don't think he said he had kids, but maybe, maybe he left out that part. But you looked like you were really good with him and he was really cute. And I'm like, all right. And then uh, I talked to my friends and we were saying, is that him? I think that's him. He's pretty cute. And then I found out later when we, we got together for our date that it was you. Um, wasn't my kid, as it turns out. <laughs> I learned that, learned that later. <laughs> um but this uh this toddler uh has played a key role i guess now in two points in my life our lives which is one um he's a pretty cute toddler and he might have actually been what sold me or sold Lara on me even though we were just walking around uh the the, uh, the, lodge. the lodge at the yeah. Crasbury Outdoor Center. He was also there and had a thumbs up, thumbs down decision on whether the engagement ring that I was getting was a good one. And um, he gave it a thumbs up. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> so we had the first date um, down uh, by the fireplace over at, uh, at Farmhouse. And um, that's kind of how we met. And it was Pretty much, you know, really simple, great decisions from there on out. Um, not a lot of angst in, in figuring out if this was the right match. It was just everything felt natural from day one. Yeah. Lara didn't need Paul 2.0. And Paul, well, maybe he needed some new friends who weren't determined to live vicariously through his dating life. But again, none of this mattered because one date 
and one approving toddler was all it took. Thank you so much to Paul and Lara, Jess and Laura, Eli, Abby, Scout the dog, Stort the cat, Rodney and Filbert the turtles, for letting me come into your homes with my microphone. If you liked hearing these stories, be sure to scroll back in the Vermont Untapped feed to listen to the first, the original Meet Cute episode. We're slowly growing this collection of little love stories, and you can hear even more of them, including longer cuts of the stories in this episode, at our website, www.vtfolklife.org untapped. On our show page, you can sign up for our newsletter so you'll be notified as soon as a new episode is released. Again, this is just the beginning of our new season, so there's much more to come. This year, you can expect new episodes roughly every other month. This show is just one of many things we get up to at the Folklife Center. For example, we're about to share our spring lineup of community workshops. Want to know what it's like to be the one holding the microphone? Do you have an interview project you've always wanted to do? Are you dying to unpack the intricacies of collaborative ethnography? Come hang out with us. We strive to bring our programs around the state. So this March, April, and May, we'll be giving workshops in Burlington, Middlebury, White River Junction, and the Montpelier Barry area. Find the full listing at www.vtfolklife.org. Vermont Untapped is produced by me, Mary Wesley. Our executive producer, who also happens to be the VFC archivist, is Andy Kolovos. Music in this show was recorded by Dave Hoy. Thanks for listening. I, I feel like we need to acknowledge Scout because she is making some good you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Did you get a little nuzzle sound? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's in the room. Great. She sure is.